It's amazing to me how many people desire to grow in their walk with God, regardless of where they are in the journey. So they ask for more faith. Many people pray for it. Other people say, if I come to church, maybe I'll just serendipitously get it. However, the scripture is very clear about how we get more faith. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God as Romans chapter 10 verse 17 reminds us. So our prayer for you as you hear this message is that your faith would go from where it is to where God intends it to be. Grow as you hear this word. something with y'all. I'm going to read Psalm 46. And I just want you to let it speak to you. It starts off by saying in verse 1 of Psalm 46, this is the NIV, God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth give way, and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam and the mountains quake with their surging, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar fall. He lifts his voice and the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done, the desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes wars cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. And in the midst of all that, the word of God still says, he says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. I'm the type of person I quote Psalm 46 and 1 a lot because I need God to be an ever-present help in trouble. But when I read that Psalm this morning, it made me think about something starts off real good assuring us that God is with us and that he's present all the time even in trouble and then it gives us this long list of trouble and then at the end it still says that God says be still and y'all I don't know about y'all but sometimes that don't make sense how can we be still when the earth is giving way and the mountains are being cast into the sea and when wars are happening and when nations are in uproar and when kingdoms are falling apart? Our God says, be still and know that he's God. He says that he's going to be exalted 
in the nations. The earth is under God's control. So even when things seem to be falling apart, we can still be still and know that he's God and he's in control. So I invite you in the midst of your own turmoil, try being still and knowing that God is who he is. And part of him being who he is, is that he's in control. He's your fortress, your strength. He's ever present with you in trouble. That's why you can be still. But that stillness only comes in your knowing, in your believing. So Father, we ask you to help us. Help us believe. Help us to be still even when the world around us is crumbling. Remind us that you're God, that you're in control, that you are our fortress and strength, that you've got everything in your hands. And because you love us, we don't have to worry. So we thank you for the peace that we get in knowing you, for the joy that comes in our stillness and in our trust in you. We ask that you would meet with us this morning. We know you're already here. Speak to us, Lord, in the exact ways we need you to. In Jesus' name. that is our prayer this morning that you would lead us and, and that you would guide us you said in your word Lord that Holy Spirit you are a guide and you are a leader thank you that you will never lead us astray thank you that you will never lead us in a way that would be harmful so God we pray that those who are listening and those who are tuning in online those who are here in person that whatever it is that you have called us to be and to do, that you would lead us and that you would guide us. Holy Spirit, would you be our teacher today? Would you be the one that illuminates your word, that we would not be hearers only, but doers? We'll be so careful, Jesus, to not just be those, Lord God, who listen, but really those who apply it. We'll be careful to give you the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Can we all give the Lord praise wherever you are? Come on, I said give Jesus praise. I didn't say clap. Amen, amen. Tell somebody it's good to see you and you may take your seat in the presence of the Lord. So grateful and so thankful for all of you that are here, for those of you that are tuning in live online, uh, whether you're on our website or social media platforms, we're just so grateful for you. And uh, if you're not a member of our church and you are visiting with us today, we want to just say thank you so much. We know that there are options and there are choices. Uh, even those that are online, you can 
click somewhere else and the fact that you decided to be with us today we are so thankful and so grateful just want to just share a few things it's so good to see brother Nelson uh, here so grateful for God's answering prayer God is a prayer answering God I want to continue to lift up uh, members of our church that are sick and shut in brother Gerald Johnson we are praying for you uh, praying and believing God he has a procedure uh, coming up this week and he's in hospital and we just want you to know we love you and we are undergirding and praying uh, with and for you I mentioned uh, a little while ago that uh, in the month of April uh, April 28th through the 30th I'm going to be uh, speaking keynoting uh, at and doing some workshops at a married couples retreat uh, at the Shanty Creek Resort it's in Bel Air Michigan beautiful resort and uh, for those of you that are interested at all in uh, attending and being a part of that the deadline is April the 1st for registration uh, and so the information will be on the website uh, any of you that are interested in attending uh, that the cost is 675 per couple uh, I know that's a lot but it's a great investment in your marriage and we pray those of you that are able to do that that you would just uh, kind of keep that in your mind April the 28th through the 30th at the Shanty Creek Resort uh, I'm so honored to be a part of this Agape United Families Ministries they've been around for uh, several decades and what I love about this is that they have intergenerational marriages so it's not just a lot of old people but young people too and so we're grateful for the work that they do Listen, you all, I'm excited today as we kind of make a pivot and turn uh, in the direction of our preaching and teaching. We have been focusing this year on the significance and the importance of the word of God. Let me tell you why this is so important, because if there is no uh, truth, if there is no true north, if there is nothing that is undeniably the truth, then you can end up saying anything is truth. You can say that the way I feel or the way that I think or the way that this particular person or the particular religion that I heard my friend belongs to, maybe that's right. So a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding about the will of God uh, often will determine uh, whether or not we're following uh, the way of God. So for many people, they say, well, how can I know the will of God? God is so mysterious. How many of y'all heard God moves in mysterious ways, right? He's just so mysterious. We have no idea uh, what God wants. I don't know if I'm pleasing him or not. I don't know if that's what he wants from me or not. Well, you all, that's not true. God, God is not vague. God is not unclear. But God has revealed his nature. Listen, God has revealed his will for our lives in the word of God. So when we understand how the word of God came to be, uh, how did the 66 books come about? Uh, who were the authors of those books? Uh, what was the Old Testament? How was it comprised? What was the New Testament? How was it comprised? Uh, uh, how did God move through those uh, people who penned those words? Uh, we talked about that. We talked about other uh, religions that may have other books of the Bible included in their version uh, that those of us that consider ourselves Protestant Christians do not. We explained that, the canon of Scripture. How did we arrive at the canon of Scripture? We talked about... Uh, uh, the original languages that the Old and New Testament were written in and how important it is to be able to understand those languages because the true essence often of what God's will was expressed through those writers is often found in that language. But then we, we talked about the fact that unfortunately the Bible with all of its amazing uh, attributes has been misused, right? We said the fact that Christianity, uh, even though it is an amazing faith, uh, 
and a life-changing and life-transforming faith. People have often even used Christianity to advance their selfish purposes and their selfish desires. And so we talked about the misuse of the Bible and the misuse even of Christianity. Listen, there are many of you that are listening right now, some that are online, that say, you know what, I, I, I wish I could love God, but I've seen the way church folk act. I wish I could love God, but I've seen the way that Christians have behaved. I wish I could love God, but I've seen the atrocities that people in the name of the Lord have done. And that church hurt has caused me to be hurt with God. And so we want to help draw, draw a distinction between the criminality and the sins of man uh, and God's word. Uh, even though people can misuse the word of God, it doesn't mean that the word of God is wrong. Amen. So we talked about the importance of understanding uh, that, but we also uh, pivoted to talk about how Christianity and particularly the Bible have affected Western civilization. We live in what we kind of call Western civilization, how the idea of the rule of law kind of evolved out of the idea of there being right and wrong. Everything cannot be subjective, but there must be oftentimes objective truth. So we kind of leaned into and we talked about that, uh, but I want to talk and kind of turn now uh, because I guess you say, well, pastor, why are you talking about the Bible? What's the purpose of this? Let me tell you why. It, listen, if you and I cannot say whether or not this particular um, act is sin or not, depends on what the Bible says. Is this way of thinking, is this way of behaving, is this way of seeing the world, is it right with God or wrong with God? That all comes from the word of God. Now you might say, well, you know what? I, I'm a Christian, but I'm not all into the Bible stuff. I'm not really, that's not my thing. Well, you can't be a Christian and not be into the word of God. And so you all, I, I believe, unfortunately, there are many churches, listen, there are many Christians even who love God, but they're turning away from the Bible. Because when you turn away from the Bible, then whatever your truth is becomes truth. Now you all, let me just say this. I know y'all are looking at me in that tone of voice. But do you know that there are people who will redefine what God has defined? Let, let me say it again. Do you know that there are people... And there are civilizations, there are uh, communities, there are nations that will redefine what God has defined. Now, some of y'all automatically say, oh, I know what you're talking about. You don't know what I'm talking about. Don't assume that you know what I'm talking about. I don't have an agenda to attack a people group. Some of y'all are so consumed with one particular aspect of Christian application that you're missing the point. I am saying this, it doesn't matter what the situation, it doesn't matter what the cultural context is, God's word is true, and if we do not believe it, we will always be left up to the vacillitude and the kind of going back and forth of society. Which, listen, how many of y'all know society don't even know what clothes to wear this week? You know what I'm saying? One day it's bell bottoms, one day it's straight legs, one day it's uh, 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 jeggings, jeggings, another day it ain't jeggings. Listen, y'all, uh, fashion changes every day. Uh, who you like in the media changes every day. Uh, but God's word never changes. And if we do not have something that we can base our life, base right and wrong on, you will always be the victim of society that will always change to accommodate the people that are in it. 
So let me just say this. Citadel of Faith is a Bible-centered, Bible-preaching, Bible-teaching, and Bible-application church. You may not like that. You might want to go to a church that is a culturally relevant church. You might want to go to a church that is a church that is all about taking the Word of God and minimizing it and maximizing culture. That is not this church. We will lift up the Word of God. We will lift up the Bible, and we will lift up the Scriptures as true and always true now some of y'all might say well pastor I hope you can uh, help us uh, really get this because I don't really believe the Bible is always true well you, the great thing about God is he's given you free choice and, and so nobody's going to force you to believe anything that you don't necessarily believe and so you all uh, I want to talk today uh, from word to flesh tell somebody next to you from word to flesh so we're going to talk about now, how do we move away from a conversation about the Bible and about the scriptures to now, watch this now, the application of the Bible. It's one thing to know stuff. It's another thing to do stuff. It's another thing to have knowledge about something. It's another thing to do it. How many of y'all would prefer a doctor that's had some experience in being a doctor. Come on now. How many of y'all going into surgery, you would prefer that the doctor's not telling you, well, I did a virtual uh, surgery, uh, uh, you know, online. How many of y'all want a practitioner that's been in the situation? Well, you are. There are many Christians, listen now, who are not, uh, they, they don't have application of what they know. Watch this. There are people that have been in church their whole life and still are defeated. There are people who have been in church their whole life and are still living beneath the privileges that God has intended for them. There are people who've been in church their whole life and don't know how to overcome. There are people who've been in church their whole life and don't know how to believe God and have faith. Isn't it amazing that you can say, I've been in church since I was a little baby. My mama had me on her knee in church, but yet you can't believe God for healing. You can't believe God for deliverance. You can't believe God for provision. You can't believe God for your children to be brought out of a demonic situation. I need to know that there's somebody in this place that believes God. Oh, I came to preach today. I need to know that there's at least one person that says, I don't just know about God, but I know God. Oh, you better hear me now listen y'all some of y'all just know about God you you read about him and you heard the preacher talk about him and the praise team sing about it but there's a few of y'all up in here that met him yourself is there anybody that met God and he turned your situation oh my life has been changed, y'all. I may not be everything I should be. I may not be everything I want to be. I may not even be everything I ought to be. But I sure ain't what I used to be. Oh, a change has come over me. Mm. I need to know that God is not some distant, far away somebody. I need to know that the claims of Scripture are not something that's way out there somewhere. I need to know that when I apply the Word of God to my situation, the situation changes because God can't change. Oh, you better hear me. I need to know that when I apply the Word of God to the situation, the situation changes because God can't. So, 
John chapter 1. <laughs> well, I feel it today. John chapter 1, verses 12 through 14 in the Amplified. Now, as I, as I put these on the screen, you'll notice that I have red words. I have made those words red. So please don't feel like, wait a minute, I thought the red, the red words in the Bible were the words of Jesus. Why is it red? I, I put the red in the PowerPoint so that you could see the, uh, the focus that I want your mind to be around with the particular words that are in the text, all right? But to as many as did receive and welcome him. Let me just pause for a minute. How many of y'all have received Jesus? How many of y'all have welcomed Jesus into your life? Come on now. How many of y'all have welcomed the Lord into your heart and into your soul, all right? For as many as did receive and welcome him, he gave the authority, power, privilege, and right to become the children of God. He says, for as many as received him, he is now given those people the power and the privilege and the right to become a child of God. And if you've received him, guess what the Bible says? You right now are a child of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? Now, I don't know about you, but that should excite you a little bit because I'd be watching sometimes TikTok and these little things and Kim Kardashian's kids, Kim is putting on, the little kids putting on makeup. And you know why we watch it? Because they're, they're privileged kids. And we get excited about watching celebrities' kids because we know who the kids' parents are. And based on who the parents are, uh, they can have certain attire and certain kind of things they do because of who their mama or their daddy is. Well, the Bible says for as many of us who have received Jesus and have welcomed him into our heart, now God has given you and given me the ability now to be called children of God. God. Now, listen, y'all. How many of y'all got children? I know you may not like them all the time. I know you might, they might get on your nerves. But can I tell you something? It ain't nothing you wouldn't do for them booger bears. Come on, don't look at me like that. As much as they get on your nerves, as much as they bother you, there's nothing that you would not do for your child. You know why? Because the Bible says even wicked people, even sinful people know how to be good to our children. But the Bible says, how much more will the Heavenly Father, who is not sinful and who is not selfish, and doesn't get upset with us how much more will he give us the things that we need when we ask of him listen you all let me tell you something you are not just your mama's son you are not just your daddy's girl you are a child of God I don't know who I'm talking to now listen that ought to change how you view yourself that ought to change your expectation as a matter of fact uh, Prince Harry's kids even though they ain't in England no more they still walk around with a little attitude because you know why they know that they're sons and daughters of royalty you better know that you are a child of the king you better know that you are a child of the lord of lords you worried about your dte bill and you are a child of god you worried about prison sentences and you're worried about sickness in your body and you're worried about whether or not god can change it around i came to tell you you are a child of god Oh, you don't hear me today. Is there anybody grateful that you're a child of God? They don't play with me. Would you give him praise? I feel preaching on me today. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is not, 
my saying this is God's word he gave you power to become the children of God that is to those who believe adhere to trust in and rely on his name who owed their birth watch this now who owed that verse 13 who owed their birth neither to bloods nor the will of the flesh that a physical impulse nor to the will of man that of a natural father they said those of us that are children of God we owe our birth not to earthly things we owe where we are not based on what people did but we now base it on what the will of God is I'm so grateful that when I got born again my new birth was not connected to you I, I, listen, I like you a lot but I'm so grateful that my, my, my new birth was not connected to a bishop or connected to a prophet or connected to a church or connected to somebody else who had to own my spiritual life I'm so grateful that you weren't there when he saved me you weren't there when he delivered me you weren't there when he brought me out but I know one thing in my soul when you've been saved and you've been born by the spirit you're not beholden to man you know, can't nobody control you when you are born of the spirit you're not born by the will of man you're not born by your natural parents but your spiritual birth has come from God you've been born of the spirit and whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, <laughs> you've been born of God. Mm, 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 mm. I don't know about you, but that excites me. That, that my natural birth might have been birthed into poverty. But my spiritual birth was birthed into royalty. Are you hearing what I'm saying? My natural birth might have been limited to my zip code, but my spiritual birth, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell in it. Listen, you, some of y'all might be so trapped in your natural mind that you really have not yet understood what has happened to you. Hear me again. Some of y'all are so trapped in your natural mind that you really don't realize what has happened to you. You just think you are a regular ordinary person you just think you're a human being walking around the earth got a job got a husband got a wife got some kids got a car got a note you just think that is the totality of your life child of God you do not have a clue who you are you are a child of God <sighs> verse 14 mm. And the word, say the word, which is Christ, became flesh, human, incarnate, and tabernacled, <laughs> fixed his tent of flesh, lived a while among us. And we actually saw his glory, his honor, his majesty, such glory as, only, as, as an only begotten son receives from his father, full of grace, favor, loving kindness, and truth. Now watch this now. It says now, and the word became flesh. Now we've already established that the word of God, uh, the Bible, has not just been written by people but inspired by the Holy Spirit through people. 
So the word of God is not just a bunch of people writing about God, but God, listen, God revealing himself to humanity through the penmanship of humans. And so the word of God, the Bible says now, is actually God. And some of y'all may not believe it, but look at the, look at the next verse, if y'all don't mind. Uh, uh, John chapter 1, John chapter 1, listen to this real quick. John chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, and Amplified. In the beginning, before all time, was the Word. Before there was anything created, there was the Word. Before there were heavens, there was the Word. The Bible talks about the heavens and the earth. That means before the heavens were created, there was the word. <laughs> before the earth was created, before there was one blade of grass, before there was any sky, before there was any sea, before there were any stars, before there were any molecules, before there were any atoms, before there was any created thing, there was God's word. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God watch this now and the word was God himself could that be the reason why the word is being attacked because if I can attack the word I can attack God if I can attack the word of God I can attack the very idea and the very nature of God himself in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God himself. Now he does equate the word to Christ. Now I talked about this during Christmas is that um, <laughs> Jesus may have been born in Bethlehem, but Christ wasn't. <laughs> Some of us think that Jesus Christ is like Jesus' first name is Jesus, last name Christ, right? what's the name Harvey Carey what's the name Jesus Christ so uh, how you doing Mr. Christ no 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 Christ is the title that reveals his nature the anointed one and his anointing so before Jesus wrapped flesh before Christ wrapped flesh around himself and became Jesus he was still the Christ so before the son of God wrapped flesh around him in Bethlehem and became a baby in the manger, he was still Christ. He was still the Son of God. And the Son of God is equal with the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God himself. If you claim you love God and don't love his word, you are a hypocrite. How can you love God and not love his word when he and, he and his word are synonymous? He and his word are, are in tandem. Are you following this? And so the Bible tells us that uh, in the beginning was the word, word was made, word was with God, the word was God. Verse 2, he was present originally with God. <laughs> the word present originally with God. Watch this now. All things were made and came into existence through him. What is him? The word. Everything that exists came into existence by the word of God. When God created, what did he do? He gave a word. 
And what's so awesome about God, he's so full of faith, he's so full of creative power, that there doesn't, there doesn't even have to be a, uh, a track or a trajectory for what's in his mind. Because even though the things he said had never been, when he said them, they had to become. <laughs> even though there was no such thing as light, he said, let there be light. And although light had never been, it had to become because he said it. Listen, everything he spoke came into existence. And that is how powerful the word is. That one word from God can create something out of nothing. One word from God can transform a situation. One word from God can heal, can deliver, can set free. One word from God can change the trajectory of a family. One word from God. Are you hearing me? I don't need you. I need a word. I don't need somebody to talk to me and encourage me and give me some I need a word. Get, what does God say about it? What does the word say about my situation? What does God say about my circumstance? Tell somebody next to you, I need a word. I need a word. I need a word. I need a word. I, I, I need to know what God says because if he's got the power to create stuff from his word, then give me a word so I can see him create some stuff in my life. <laughs> and without him was not even one thing made that has come into being. Oh, I, I don't have time to deal with it like I want to. But he said that without <laughs> the word, not one thing has come into existence outside of his word. Watch this. I submit, hear me, that many things are not coming into existence in your life because you have no word. If everything that is in existence came into it because of the word, then I submit that in your life, there may be some things that have not come into creation, not because God doesn't want it to, not because God isn't for you, but you haven't gotten a word yet to be able to apply it so that God can create some stuff. Mm. Stop blaming everybody for your lack of knowledge. <laughs> Stop blaming the government and the white man and blaming your ex and blaming your husband and blaming your weight and I got diabetes and I gotta have it. I can't fast cause I got, I got a special. Stop blaming everybody for your situation and start asking yourself, wait a minute, have I gotten a word from God and have I applied that word in my situation? Cause if God can create something out of nothing by his word, then that means he wants you to take his word and insert it in your nothing so that something can be made manifest are you hearing me is there anybody that needs a word from God I came to preach up in here today I need somebody to say I need a word from God come on say it out loud I need a word mm -hmm. some of y'all playing games 
some of y'all playing games I don't come to play games I got too much going on to play games I got too much coming against me to be playing games the devil acting buck wild I don't know about you but the devil showing his tail with me I need a word from God I need to know that God can get in this situation and turn it around I need a word And so, it says that uh, the word was with God, and the word was God himself. And I, and I, and I love what it says back in, uh, in, in John 1, when it says that when the word became flesh, he tabernacled. He fixed his dwelling. He fixed his tent among us Emmanuel God no longer afar God no longer distant but God with us some of y'all don't understand how powerful it is to have God with us just write it down Revelation 21 and 3 says this the abode of God is with men and he will live and encamp and tent among them and they shall be his people and God shall personally be with them and be their God I'm so glad that God says he's going to be personally with me listen that means he knows my personality some of y'all get upset with how God has wired me oh I wish Pastor Kerry would be more like what I want him to be I'm so glad that God is not conditional in his love for me but he just knows how I'm wired and he's personally with me he, he's, he's, he's intertwined with my personality he's intertwined with my quirkiness he's, in, he's intertwined with the uniqueness of how God has made me that doesn't seem to fit in anywhere but I fit in with him because he said you may not fit in with other people but I'm so into you I'm personally going to take my abode with you other folk walk out but I ain't walking out other folk leave but I ain't leaving other folk don't understand you but I understand you other folk get upset with you but I'm not upset with you I know how you're wired I know how you're made and in the midst of all of that I'm still coming to make my abode my dwelling with you <laughs> oh is anybody glad that God has made his dwelling with you uh, give me a few minutes if y'all don't mind uh, you, you don't understand how powerful it is for God to be with us listen y'all in the Old Testament God was with them but not in them God could not be in them because God could not dwell inside of something that has not been redeemed so no matter how many sacrifices no matter how many offerings <laughs> No matter how many things that they did ritualistically day after day after week after month after year, they had to always worship God from a distance. They had to always worship God from looking at a tent of meeting 
where the fire would come and the, 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 the smoke would come. And when the smoke would be ascending, they said, oh, God is in his holy temple. God is in the tabernacle. God is in the place of meeting. And, and, and only one person could go in, and that was the priest, the high priest. As a matter of fact, not even the other priest. There was a, there was a hierarchy of priests. There was the high priest and everybody else. And the only one that could go into the very presence of God was the high priest. And the high priest had to have a caveat in case he wasn't right. They had to tie a rope around him because in case he was jacked up, he would fall dead in the presence of God. And when they looked at their watches and they looked at their sundials and saw that he wasn't coming out, they, they said, oh, he must have died. And they drag him out. Because you couldn't be in the presence of God and be sinful. It's just the man upstairs, you feel me? You know what I'm saying? It's just the man upstairs. He understand, he understand a G, you know what I'm saying? God know what, you know, God, God, you know, he cool. He know, he, hey. Judge Judy gets more respect than God. Judge Judy gets more. They, they make you stand up when Judge Judy come in. As old as she is, she's about a thousand years old. But you got to stand up when Judge Judy come in. But when God comes, here we are in worship, and you sitting there like God owes you something. Here we are giving God the glory, and you sitting there like God owes you something. Like God ain't never healed you. That God ain't never delivered you. That you don't have a son that needs deliverance. That you don't have a daughter that needs a healer. I need to know that there's somebody that knows that God doesn't owe me anything, but I owe him everything. I need a church that's not about being a, a consumer, but one that's a giver. I need some worshipers right now. Is there anybody for about three seconds that would just give God the best praise? You know how to give him. You know how to give him. You know how to give him. Not me. Give him the praise. You know how to give him. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Hallelujah. Mm. Oh, God. Y'all take a seat if you can. Uh, Y'all take a seat if you can. I got a, I got a clock I got to look at here. <laughs> you, you ought to be glad that God is with you. <laughs> you ought to be glad when you go to work tomorrow that you ain't going to work in your own strength but that God is with you. Are you hearing me? You need to know that when you go into the courtroom, you ain't going into the courtroom by yourself, but God is with me. <laughs> Exodus 33. Uh. So <laughs> Moses is having a conversation with God and he says, okay, God, you want me to go? <laughs> you want me to go and uh, say that I'm representing you but I need to see you I need to know what you look like look what he says in Exodus 33 verse 20 look but he said this is what God said to him uh, you cannot see my face for no man can see me and live let's just talk about your man upstairs Ain't no way in the world that the man upstairs 
is the God in this text because the Bible says that God says I'm so holy I'm so pure I'm so perfect everything that is excellent is me that when I'm in the company of anything that does not match my holiness when I'm in the company of anything that does not match my perfection when I'm in the company of something that does not match my excellence it cannot live he said no man can see my face and live and the Lord said behold there's a there's a place beside me <laughs> and you shall stand upon the rock he says, let me tell you, I hear you cry. I know you want to see me, but you can't see me and live. So I see that we got a lot of rocks around. I'm going to put you on this rock. What did you say, verse 22? And while my glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I pass by. He said, you claim you want to see my face? You know not what you ask. I'm going to put you in a rock formation, in the cleft of a rock and hide you. And as a matter of fact, my anointing and my presence is so powerful that I can't even trust the rock to hide my glory. So I'm going to place my hand over you so that when I pass by and my glory passes by you, you will not die. That's God. Verse 23, then I will take away my hand and you shall see my, not my face, but my back. <laughs> God says, I'm so anointed <laughs> that my back will cause glory to fall. <laughs> I'm so awesome and I'm so powerful that my very presence and the back of me will shine so brightly that your life will be changed forever by just seeing my back. But my face shall not <laughs> be seen. Uh, <laughs> is this making sense to anybody? So now he's up there with God getting the Ten Commandments. Because you just can't be in the presence of God and get things from God without being in holy places that require your surrender, taking your shoes off, because the place that you're standing is holy. This new modern church world bothers me uh, with bringing your cup of coffee and sitting with your legs crossed ready for somebody to entertain you who's gonna sing my song who's preaching today because I came to hear my song and, and see my preacher and not knowing that you're in the presence of God when you're in the presence of God there's a different posture that you need to have when you're in the presence listen y'all I believe that we need as church folk need to be real careful about being so lackadaisical and so uh, kind of nonchalant about the holiness of God when you come into the church you shouldn't be talking to everybody when you come into church you shouldn't be on your phone scrolling through social media when you in the house of God you shouldn't be in the, in the house of God trying to figure out what you're going to eat and tweeting somebody or texting somebody oh no baby I'm putting my phone on silent because I'm in the presence be still and know that I am God could it be that many of us do not know that he is God because we don't know how to be still listen let me say this to you if you don't know how to be still on your own God will make you be still.
So he gets the Ten Commandments. I'm almost done. Exodus 34, 29 and 30. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the testimony in his hand, he did not know <laughs> that the skin of his face shone and sent forth beams by reason of his speaking with the Lord. When Aaron and all the Israelites saw Moses, behold, the skin of his face shone and they feared to come near him. When Moses met with God, everything changed. Even his countenance changed. Some of y'all remember the Ten Commandments with Charlton Heston. Remember he went up to the mountain one way and he came down with a perm? They had to figure out how were we going to make Charlton look different when he comes down off the mountain. They could not make his face shine, so they just gave him a perm. Well, that's not the Bible. The Bible says that when Moses came down, he was so anointed that beams of glory came out of his face. I can tell when people have been in the presence with God because their face begins to reflect the glory of God. I can tell when you always got an attitude when I'm looking at you and you're always mean mugging and you're always angry and you're always upset well you haven't been in the presence of God because when you get in the presence of God he will change can I finish this I'm almost done <clears throat> Exodus 34 verse 34 and 35 but when Moses went in before the Lord to speak with him he took the veil off until he came out. In other words, when I get in the presence of God, I don't have to wear the same mask that I wear with y'all. I can pull the veil off and come in the presence of God because the very glory that shines from me gets increased in his presence and I don't need any distractions and I don't need any barriers to stand between me and God so even though I'm talking to the people with the veil I'm going to talk to God without a veil <laughs> even though I'm communicating with the people around me in a veiled way when I get to God I'm going to remove the veil because I get to talk to God face to face is there anybody grateful that you ain't got to go through a priest you ain't got to go in a confession booth you ain't got to have a bishop to intercede for you but you can go to God for yourself isn't it good to know you don't need your ex to get to God isn't it good to know that you don't need your boss to get to God but you can get to God by yourself is there anybody grateful that when you're in the presence of God he transforms the way that you even look you looked at somebody said I looked at my hands and they looked new I looked at my feet and they did too like ain't nothing changed with my feet naturally but something has changed in the way that I walk and something has changed in the way that I talk and something has changed in the way that I think something has changed in the way that I act because when I'm in the presence of God <laughs> things change and he came out and he told the Israelites what he was commanded I mean can you just please just give me a few minutes please please hear this please hear this you need to know that when you come to church I can't speak for the pastors. I asked God to tell me what to tell you. The Bible says, he says when he came out, he told the Israelites what he was commanded. 
I am, I develop sermons and sermon series based on what God is telling me. Not what you want. Not what you think you want. But what God knows you need. Hear me. You're wishing I did a sermon on finances. But I'm doing a sermon series on the word because your financial blessing is connected to the word. Some of y'all are wondering, why won't you do a series on relationships? And I came to tell you that your issues with relationships are tied up with the word. And when you get a right view of the word, you get a right view of your relationships. Getting it right with the word of God gets it right with everything else. He did what the Lord commanded him. The Israelites saw his face of Moses, how the skin of it shone, and Moses put the veil on his face again until he went in to speak with God. The word became flesh. Lastly, you all, God allowed the word of God to now be in the person and the personhood of Jesus. And in the person and personhood of Jesus, we now see the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us and the Bible says the glory that Moses sought to see and now the Bible says and we beheld his glory we couldn't behold the glory of God in the Old Testament but now that Jesus has come he said when you've seen me you've seen the Father so where you couldn't experience the glory of God in the Old Covenant now you can because Jesus now has revealed the very glory of God in the flesh. Finally, James 1, and I'm done. In the message, it says this. Listen, don't fool yourself into thinking that you're a listener when you're anything but. Letting the word go in one ear and out the other. Act on what you hear those who hear and don't act are like those who glance in the mirror walk away and two minutes later they have no idea what they look like but whoever catches a glimpse of the revealed counsel of God the free life <laughs> I love this even out of the corner of his eye and sticks with it is no distracted scatterbrain but a man or woman of action. That person will find delight and affirmation, listen, in the action. That person will find the life that they seek, listen, not in the hearing, but in the action. Some of us believe that coming to church is what makes you spiritual. What'd you do? I went to church Sunday. <laughs> I was tired. It was uh, daylight savings. I lost the hour, but I pressed my way because I knew when I got to the church, I was going to sit at his feet and be blessed. Are you going to do anything about it? No, but I'm going to sit at his like a tree planted by the waters. 
I will not be moved. Moved to do what? Moved to do anything. Don't ask me to serve. Don't ask me to pray. Don't ask me to preach. Don't ask me to teach. Don't ask me to give. Don't ask me to do nothing because I did not get involved in this Christian thing to apply anything but only to sit and vicariously become spiritual by osmosis. I'm done. James 1, 22, 27, listen to this message. Anyone who sets himself up as religious by talking a good game is self-deceived. This kind of religion is hot air and only hot air. Real religion, the kind that passes muster before God the Father, is this. Reach out to the homeless and loveless in their plight and guard against corruption from the godless world. He said that is pure religion. Pure religion is not you coming to church. Pure religion, I'm so glad you're online and you're listening to the sermon, but pure religion is not you streaming the service. Pure religion is you acting on what God is telling you and living it out day to day. That is pure religion. And so I end with this to you all as I get ready to pray. Has the word become flesh to you? Has God become real to you? I grew up in the church, but I was a college kid when it became real. How many of y'all know that some of y'all grew up in church, but it didn't get real to you until a little bit later? Come on now, come on. How many of y'all knew you grew up and you knew all the stuff? You knew the songs, you knew the different things. The, the deacons prayed, you prayed with them because they prayed the same prayer every Sunday. You knew what they were going to pray. So you knew all that stuff, but you weren't changed. But somewhere along the way, you met God, right? And the Word became flesh. The Word became applicable. The Word and the concepts and the, the principles of the Bible that were so far off and so distant, now they became applicable. You didn't become a hearer only, but a doer. And so, Citadel, as we turn the corner now in our biblical conversation, now let's ask the questions, okay, now that we know that the Bible is to be trusted, what is it telling us to do, and are we doing it? Now that we know that the Bible, the will of God, is to be trusted, what is it saying for us to do? What is it saying for us to live? What is it saying about how he wants us to interact with one another and with him? And my, 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 my belief is this. If we cannot make that word become a part of our life, then the word has not become flesh to you. It's just been an idea. It's just been a concept. But it's not a part of you. And so my prayer for each and every one of you that are listening right now is that you would say, God, I want, I want to know more about you and I want to know more about what you want from me. And when I hear it, I will say yes. I won't push back. I won't argue with you. 
I'll say yes to your will and yes to your way. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, we honor and we bless you today for your goodness and thank you for your presence here, Jesus. I, I'm so humbled that your anointing, your very spirit is in this space. Father, thank you for reminding us, God, that you and your word are one. Thank you that there's nothing that has been made that has not been created by you. Thank you that all of the world and all of the worlds and universe are being held up, held together by your word. Help us, oh God, to be people of the word. And now, God, I pray that you would help us, Lord, to know that you're not far off in some tabernacle waiting for a high priest to go in every now and then. But now the tabernacle of God is with us, that you're in us, that we are the tabernacle, <laughs> that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. You live in us. And so, God, I pray that you would speak to your daughter, speak to your son whatever they're struggling with whatever the challenge they face remind them that you are with them and that they are a child of yours his heads are bowed and eyes are closed maybe you're listening now and you say pastor I wish that I could say I'm a child of God but I've never given my life to Jesus I've never surrendered my life to him how do I do that? The Bible says very clearly in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. What does that mean? That means just say the words. No, no, no. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus is the son of God, that God raised him from the dead. And the Bible says that you can be a Christian. You can be a follower of Christ. So wherever you listen, oh, but I drink, I smoke, I do all these things. You know what? God knows that. He knew that before you even said it. And God comes because he, listen, he's not trying to get you to change so he can accept you. He wants you to accept him so that you can change. One of the great things about having heard what you just had a chance to experience is that your faith has gotten stronger. There's no way that you could have heard this message and your faith has not been increased. But where do we go? How do we move from faith to faith? The Bible is very clear that if you have not really made the greatest decision of your life, which is to become a Christian, you've really missed the great joy of the journey. So wherever you are, if you would like to have a personal relationship with Christ, do what the scripture says. Call upon the name of the Lord and you can be saved. Pray this prayer. Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart. I receive you now as my Savior and as my Lord. I'm trusting you and only you to direct my life in Jesus' name. Congratulations, wherever you are, that means that you have become a believer. For those of you that are already believers, your faith is now stronger. Don't be merely a hearer, but be a doer and let's change the world. If you just prayed that prayer, you have an opportunity to reach out to us and we would be honored to serve you and help you in your journey. Uh, please contact us at area code 313-871-FORT or please visit us on our website, citadeloffaith.org. That simply spells C-I-T-A-D-E-L of faith.org, all one word. We would love to hear your testimonies. We would love to hear your prayer requests. 
Know that you're in a partnership with us and you're not in the journey alone. Let's change the world together, one person at a time.